know, first of all, I, I think Kershey's going to get a little bit of feedback from you guys on, like, why you're here specifically. Um, but I know we, we can be in, in a class like this for many reasons. It can be, number one, you know, you're, you might be feeling like, man, I, I don't really have uh, much experience when it comes to sharing the gospel with somebody else. I don't have much experience when it comes to sharing my faith. Uh, I've only been a disciple for uh, a short time, right? Many people in here like this. There can be people who, I've been a disciple for a really long time, and it's just not been something that I've ever started to do. You know how you can spin your wheels a little bit? Or you want to grow in some area, but you can just feel yourself like, man, there's, like, there's plenty of opportunity, but there's not a lot of heart motivation on getting this thing started, right? And so some of us might be really old spiritually, some of us might be younger, um, but the fact of the matter is, um, you know, I introduced myself and Kirsty a little bit. I'm Cody Portis. This is my wife, Kirsty, And uh, we're at Kennesaw State University in Atlanta. And, you know, I've been a disciple for six years now, which is not a long time, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Um, and we, we really took over leading the campus ministry that we were baptized in. And so I spent the first three years... Uh, as a student and then graduated and went into the part-time ministry, eventually the full-time ministry. And uh, my mentor was Tom McGurk, and he moved to Paris about two years ago. And so it was one of those things where like, became a Bible talk leader, all those kind of things, was sharing my faith, was out there in Bible studies, all that kind of stuff. But I can stand here before you right now saying I'm in the full-time ministry, all that stuff, but I'm still terrified to share my faith. And I'm still hesitant to go from that friendship level with somebody to that spiritual, deep, let's study the Bible together level with people. Anybody else feel that? Okay. And so, like, there is no, like, a, a lot of things, experience helps you. You know, an experience helps you get the jitters out. It helps you get the monkey off your back, whatever it is. But that's just not the case when it comes to sharing your faith and sharing the gospel. That doesn't happen. And I really think that that is because it's a spiritual thing. It's just different. It's different than giving a presentation in front of, your, in front of your class. It's different than, you know, one day you'll be in the, in the workforce. It's different than picking up the phone and just calling people and calling people and calling people to ask if they want to buy insurance or something all day. You know what I mean? It, it, like that kind of stuff you can kind of get used to. But when we're dealing with the spiritual realm, we're dealing with spiritual things, like I think all of us, the first thing we need to do in a class like this is just accept the fact that this is different. Like doing this, sharing the gospel with people, sharing the message with people is different. And that's actually okay. You just got to accept that, right? But today we're talking about the uncaged message. Um, so Kirsten and I, like I said, we were, uh, we were baptized in 2013, fall of 2013 um, at Kennesaw. And for me, a lot of where this lesson comes from is just straight from what I experienced at Kennesaw State, being a student. Um, I transferred in. I actually don't need that yet, so you can just put it right there. Thanks. Appreciate it, bro. Um, but it's just stuff that I feel like, man, this is what I experienced as just a rando student, right, at Kennesaw State. And so I was coming from Auburn. Um, Kirsten and I had met on a Saturday, okay, and we started dating that Monday, okay, Move fast, right? Amen. Um, you know, didn't have anybody getting advice from or anything like that. Amen. But, but, and then, uh, and then on Tuesday, all right, so Saturday we meet, Monday I'm like, hey, I know this is weird, but I don't usually do it like this, but we be my girlfriend. And then that next day, 
I got asked if I wanted to go to a Bible talk. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so God is just doing all these things. You know, we, Chris and I ended up getting married two and a half years later after that, right? Um, so everything worked out. But the beauty of it is, is that that particular Tuesday where I was just sitting uh, in, the, in the student center, like so many people do every day at Kennesaw State University, mind their own business, uh, eat their lunch, don't want the weird Christian people to walk up to them, whether they're, you know, coming from our group or the Mormons or whatever other group might be out there that day. You know what I'm saying? But, but I was 100% open that day. Don't exactly know why. Don't like I didn't. The place that they told me that the Bible talk was at, I did, I had never heard of it before. Okay, and I'm like, I I, I just yes, I, I want to go to this Bible discussion. I was coming from Auburn where I was partying and I was in a fraternity and I was doing all these things, but I had gotten to that point in my life where I just had that breaking point. You know, and the first thing that we got to realize is that that there are people on our campuses every day who are at that breaking point. It's just that it's, it's, it's a spiritual reality right there. Is that there are people that God has all over the world who are at that breaking point. Um, let's open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to have you guys flipping your Bibles a lot. Um, so it might actually be easier if you have a, uh, a Bible on your phone. But we're just going to do it, okay? So 1 Corinthians 2, all right? So here we go. In verse 1, it says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great, what? Fear. Fear. And trembling. My message, my preaching, they weren't with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest in human wisdom, but on God's power. You know, I think that sometimes when we're around a lot and we, we have seen people's lives change and we hear the success stories, right? And we hear things going on all around us and we see things that work for some people, right? We can sit there and go, dang, I can't, I can't, I don't have those eloquent words when it comes to sharing my faith. Mm-hmm. You ever felt that way? Yeah. Like, I'm just awkward and there's no hiding it. Like, I don't even know how to <laughs> pretend to not be awkward. That's honestly a really good place to be. Not, per, not even persuasive words, right? Paul's just saying, I, I just came to you guys with the power of the message. The power of the message. And I think that the way that we can uncage that message is just by trusting that, you know what, the, 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 the Bible, the message, is going to be powerful enough for someone. It's going to be all that somebody needs. And that's what we're going in today. But this lesson is all about getting yourself out of the gospel's way. And I'm going to have Kirsty come up and uh, engage with you guys a little bit. Um, so I, it's funny when they told us we were going to be talking about this or this, this is going to be our lesson. I was like, cool, God, (laughs) I, um, I have a really hard time with evangelism and I think it, I feel really weak saying that as I was supposed to be a women's ministry leader, but I hate doing it. And I, I was thinking about it. I'm one of those people where if I don't feel like I have to do something, I I'll do it anyway, because at the end of the day, I get to a place where like, 
I want to, but when I feel like, like it's expected for me or like the leader's telling me to do it, I'm like, oh, I should do it. And then I back away. But when I'm like, I don't care. I'm just like, I don't know when I feel like it's not for somebody else or because I know I'm supposed to do it, it comes from a more genuine place. So I wanted to share that, um, first, but so I was a nursing student. Um, I became a nursing student, gosh, I guess six months after I became a disciple, something like that. And so my discipleship changed as far as, you know, like I couldn't share my faith as much as other people could, or I couldn't be in as many Bible studies as other people could, or I was a Bible talk leader, but I, I wasn't able to do as much as somebody who is like a, I don't want to knock down any other majors, but <laughs> business or like communicate, you know, where it's not as, it's not as studi- like tedious, not studious, tedious as a nursing major. Um, and so I like felt terrible all the time. Like I felt like I suck. I'm not going to measure up. I'm not looking like these people. And I think that that really scarred me. And it's actually scarred me being a minister because there were things that I felt sitting in like a Bible talk leaders meeting and uh, feeling like I was a disappointment or like all they care about is sharing their faith. You know, I, 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 I created my own things that I thought and felt as a student that now I fear that I'm going to make my girls think, but it's also my job to encourage and inspire people to share their faith. So it's kind of this, like, I feel so weird doing it, but I also know that it's not just from me, it's from God. And so I think I have to really go back to the scriptures, um, to help me. But I did want to ask, um, why are some of you here? Like, why why did you pick this class? What are you hoping to walk away with? Can't promise you will, but, like, what was it that drew you here? Anybody want to? Go ahead. So I'm naturally very extroverted. Um, but it just I've noticed that when I, <clears throat> I can I can talk with a lot of people, but it's what you mentioned about this being different kind of explains some of it, how sharing my faith with others, not just inviting people to church, but just like sharing your faith with other people is a little, it's not a little, it's, it's very difficult for me. And I can count many times where I felt like the spirit was moving me to talk with someone and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And it was, even though I'm naturally very extroverted, very talkative, it's just, that's different. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, go ahead. I'm like, I'll be exact opposite in the sense that like I'm extremely introverted mm-hmm. so I'm terrible at making friends mm-hmm. so like you mentioned that like you guys chill the game going from like the friend conversation to like the, the Jesus conversations and like I find it's like almost the opposite like I do well with the Jesus conversation but I don't do well with the friendship conversation so like, mm-hmm. I'm not really good at getting small talk started to get engaged with people in the sense where you can go to that but you can't just jump into Maybe a girl. Go ahead. I like relate to a lot of what you're saying, like being a leader of my ministry, like and this being something I know I'm good at, like I know I can talk to people, mm-hmm. but then having so much anxiety to like just take the first step, but then also then trying to encourage other people and try to teach them how to do it and like to give them their own desire to do it. It's like yeah, that's, yeah. That yeah, makes sense. Um, how many of you guys were met by like a friend, cold contact? Basically, you didn't like grow up in this church or like our sister churches. That's like half the room, which is pretty cool. And so I think I think that's we try to do that a lot, at least with our ministry, reminding people like it works, like opening your mouth and you know, you hear crazy stories. Like I think like Cody, you know, he he was at a place where he was so open to God that day. And I there's so many other people I can think of in our ministry that like prayed that week or have been praying that day, like 
God, send someone. Like, I, I'm open. I'm here. Like, send somebody, send a sign, send something, and then they get shared with, you know? And so I think for me, I have to remember some of those success stories. But I think the biggest, I think my biggest takeaway, and honestly, the biggest thing I've learned in the last two weeks is it's not about you. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is like all these different aspects of like, it actually is not about you. It's not about how you look. It's not about your anxiety. It's not about how well you talk. It's not about you. Um, it's about God. And it's about you just being a vessel for God, no matter how it looks, no matter how it feels like you'll get to a place where it's okay. And some days are going to be better than others. Some days you're going to feel really great sharing your faith. And some days you're gonna be like, can't, you know, there's been so many times I'm like walking and there's a girl and I'm like, okay, I'm following her. Okay. If she crosses the street, then I'll share with her. And then she crosses and I'm like, okay, if she turns left and I'm like, just share with her, you know, like, why am I making it this game? She's doing what I'm doing. And anyway, um, so I, I want to recommend a book. I don't know if many of you guys know of or heard of it. It's called the freedom of self-forgetfulness. It is like 60, 44, something like that, pages long, super short, three chapters, very quick. But it is so freeing and so helpful. Um, so I would, the freedom of self-forgetfulness. Basically talks about Paul in 2 Corinthians where he says, um, like, I don't care what you think. I don't even care what I think. I only care what the Lord thinks. And it's all about just being free of like no standards for yourself and not even caring about what other people's standards are for you. But it's all about what God thinks. And it's, it's a really a freeing book. So that's all I had for the intro, just a little bit about me and some of that. All right, so we're going to, we got three points, okay? And uh, before we go into kind of the meat of the sermon, uh, I'd love just to, just to have uh, a brother or sister pray. Who, is anybody in here would like to pray for the message? Yeah, Kalen, appreciate that. And Kalen is at Kennesaw, and this is his last semester, potentially. You know what? I won't put that kind of pressure. Just, hey, at some point, you will be no longer in campus. Amen. 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 Let's go to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians 4. All right, I know we've heard this scripture so much. The first point is uncage the opportunities. Uncage the opportunities. Okay. Colossians 4, starting in verse 2, it says, Devote yourselves, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should and be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every, what? Opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace and seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. You know, I think first off, it's just, you know, one, none of this works without involving God, obviously, right? And just the, the practical concept of just before you go and share your faith, or when you are feeling scared, or when there is that girl just going, all right, God, just please help me. You know what I mean? Like in this moment right now, just open, open the door for your message. This isn't my message. You know what I mean? It's not something that you, you've got to figure out the right way. to. This is God's message that you're just a vessel for, Right? Like, that's what we've got to believe when we're out here. And, and including God with that in prayer is the, the most helpful thing when it comes to, I think, our own psyche, right? Because it is different. Sharing your faith 
is different. It's a spiritual thing. Including God in that is going to make the spiritual do what the spiritual needs, right? But that, that's one of the first things we need to do. But, you know, this is just one of those scriptures that we always have to remember is that, like, there are opportunities around us all the time. And I think what we can do with that is go, oh, snap, now i got to share with every single person I sit next to. i got to share when I'm in the line to get food. i got to share when I'm, you know, that, that's, that's not the kind of pressure that you need to put on yourself, okay? That's not the kind of pressure that you need to walk around with uh, all day. But I think when we, the, the reason we start putting that pressure on ourselves is because we're like desperate to, I'm not doing these things. This isn't part of my life. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I see these other people doing it. It's like, if we'll make the, the message and uncage the message and be, be willing to go, okay, I'm just going to make sharing a part of my life, sharing the gospel a part of my life, then it, you won't ha- walk around with that kind of pressure. You know what I'm saying? You won't walk around with that thing. And I did want to make a, a little comment on sharing your faith is more than just cold contact evangelism. Sharing your faith can be intentionally doing something like Jesus for someone. You know, not even saying Jesus' name. But going, I'm doing this out of my faith. I'm going to you know, pick, pick up this person's books who dropped them. Or I'm just going to go and have a conversation with someone who's sitting alone. And just be friendly. Like that is sharing your faith. It's sharing something that you, you wouldn't do without the fact that you're following Jesus. Like, what did I do with my life when I wasn't following Jesus? I sat in my room, I played video games, I, I binge-watched Netflix, and I, only, I barely went out for class. You know what I'm saying? But following Jesus, it, it, everything that I do that's kind of outside of that bubble of my you know, stock desires, anything that I'm doing that's denying myself, is, in a way, sharing your faith. It's shining a light. Amen? You've got to define it that way, though. So you walk around, you can go, okay, maybe, I, like maybe you're even sitting in here right now. Maybe I share my faith more than I realize I do. But it's the cold contact stuff that, that, that I just need to add, just add that. <clears throat> add that. But I'm not, you see what I'm saying? But we've got we to gotta uncage the opportunities by just going, man, like, look for those chances to share with somebody. Um, obviously, conversations in class. There was a guy, Doris, who got baptized. Uh, I sat with him. He was sat right next to me in class every day. I never shared my faith with him. One day he showed up to my Bible talk and he's like, bro, why didn't you share with me or something like that? Why didn't you tell me about that? I was like, sorry, dude. <laughs> you know, a shame. Right. But, but how many times is there stuff like that where you just go, Hey, what's up? You know, I'm part of this campus ministry. No big deal. Um, uh, yeah. Sharing with your class, you know, playing basketball. Like, like I remember, uh, how, how God helps us with these opportunities. I'm not good at basketball. I love to play basketball, but I'm not very good. And I remember one time I went into the gym going, I'm going to share my faith while I play. You know, Stephen's laughing when I say I'm not good at basketball because I'm <coughs> disgusting. <laughs> but, but I went in to share my faith, okay? And I'm, like I said, I'm not very good. But I'm like, I'm going in here intentionally to share my faith. Well, what happens, right? Holy Spirit takes over. You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, I'm just draining every shot I take. And these guys are, these freshman guys are like coming up to me after like, what's up? Like, they see me at the commons later. Can I sit with you? You know, and I'm like, yeah. And, and that, that was two guys who, who got, they ended up getting baptized and, and went through four years of campus ministry and are, and are working now. Like, it's just like all because, man, I, I, I think I just going to share my faith in something that I love to do, like playing basketball and making the most of that opportunity, like whatever God did, God did, amen? Um, you know, there's a story, Kirsten and I uh, were buying a couch for our, our apartment when we first got married. So we're buying a couch, and we're in there, and there's salesmen, you know, and 
I can be hard on sales when we're trying to get a deal. I'm a business major, so I know how it works, all that stuff. So we're just trying to get the price down, all this stuff. This guy's been super nice, super nice. And um, so finally, we, you know, we buy the couch or whatever, and, and as we're going to leave, I share with him. He's an older, older gentleman. He's probably, I don't know, in his 50s, mid-50s or something. And I'm like, hey, we go to church, whatever. Hand him a church card. He's like, oh, I actually know this church. Like, like, I used to go at one point, and, you know, I know this guy, Jeff Hickman, and I'm like, yeah, I know Jeff. And so, so I kind of got them set up, but the guy, this 55-year-old old guy ends up getting baptized, like, a few months later, where it's just one of those things where I don't really ever see him again, and all of a sudden I hear, you might know him, Al Walker. I don't know if you know Al, but, but it's just one of those things where it's like, that, 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 those little moments, you just never know what God is ready to do for somebody. Uh, I'm going to have Kirstie come up. Share a little bit. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Bama podcast, but episode 24 is called Creating a Space. I would highly recommend listening to it. I think that it's one of those other kind of things like the Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness book that just puts my mind at ease. Like I feel like it just takes the pressure off of, it's talking about quiet time specifically in the um, spiritual disciplines, but it, it I think the theme of creating a space for God, he, he talks about like waking up every day and she'd be like, God, like help me create a space for you. So I think it's not just about like connecting with him and having a quiet time, but like as I'm dealing with situations in a minute, you know, in the ministry and something happens and people are like, we got to take care of it. And I'm like, create a space for God. Mm-hmm. Like, let's take some hours. Let's take a few days. You calm down. You calm down. Let's create a space. Like give God room to work. And I think it's the same with sharing your faith. Like when you're walking on campus, like, okay, God, like here's your space. Like do with it what you want to do, you know? And so I think it's, it's a cool concept. I listen to it. Um, man, I think that we make things such a big deal in our heads. Like we make opening our mouth or reading our Bible in public or inviting your best friend to a service, like we make it a weird thing. And it's not weird, to, especially in the South. I don't know how like North Carolina is if you're in North Carolina. I bet Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, everyone goes to church. Everyone goes to a church retreat. Like it's so normal. People are in small groups. It's not weird to be like, hey, do you want to come to a Bible discussion? Hey, do you? Do you want to be in like a small group Bible study? I think when I was a student, I, I mean, I dreaded like asking someone at TNL or our Tuesday night midweek if they were in a Bible study. And now like I'll literally walk up to girls and be like, what, what's your name? Oh, are you in a Bible study? And they're like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, oh, cool. Let's get you in one. But, um, you know, when I was, I was like, oh, would you maybe want to sit down with a few girls? And like, it's really personal. I don't know. I just like overthought everything in my head. And I'm like, it's just not a big deal. And I think like Satan really makes us like, feel like it's this big over dramatized thing um so with the whole creating or the opportunities uncaging opportunities um i graduated july 2016 i was studying that first like few weeks of school to take my um NCLEX, which is my exam to pass to become a nurse and um i didn't go on campus the whole first week because i was studying you know and i obviously wasn't studying literally 24 7 but I was studying, and Cody was helping out part-time, also had another part-time job, and our lead evangelist, Kelly Brown, called me, and she's like, hey, you know, I heard that you didn't go on campus at all. Like, what's up? And I just was scared. I just wanted to use my nursing as an excuse. I was tired of campus. Like I said, I had all these feelings that I felt from feeling like all I had to do was share my faith, you know, whatever I, I felt. And she was like, you really missed opportunities there. And I was like, I was kind of like, whatever, honestly, like I was so, so prideful about it. But the next week I went out one day and I shared my faith and I met this girl Tonga and she had just moved here from Zimbabwe like three weeks before that. And she, I studied with her and it was the first girl that I met 
that I studied all the way through with that became a disciple. And to this day, she's like one of my best friends and she's dating one of our best friends. And I think I just, I mean, I cry when I think about her story because I'm like, I just need to get myself out of the way sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like people's lives are ready to be changed, you know? And I think we do, we just get so stuck in it. Um, and don't feel guilty or beat yourself up like Cody was saying about like, I don't know. I think when we get in that mindset, we're like every person that moves, we feel like we have to share with them. Um, but I think again, just like really praying every day, like God just like, let your spirit lead me, like lead me to a person. If you nudge me, I want to be willing to listen. Not because someone's telling me to, not because I know it's what I should do, but because I want to, like, I want to do it for you. Like, I want to see that person's life change. Um, so I think for me, the, what helps me is, um, Matthew 14. Sorry if I'm talking too fast. I talk too fast. Um, this is right after Jesus feeds the 5,000. And um, we'll start in verse 25. So basically Jesus sends the disciples out on a boat and he goes up to pray. And, he, and then we'll pick up in verse 25. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and, be- and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Um, and I recent, we recently had Marty Solomon from the Bama podcast come and come to North River and um, talk to us. But what he was saying, actually, I feel like I always look at this scripture and I'm like, oh, it's about like my faith level. But he was like, really, what scholars believe is that it was about Peter's faith level in himself, not in Jesus. Like it wasn't he didn't have enough faith in Jesus. It was like he started looking around and he was like, oh, my gosh, I'm walking. What am I doing? He said he got inward focused and then he started to drown. Like he took his eyes off of Jesus. Not that he didn't believe Jesus could make him do it, but he doubted himself. And I think, um, one, we got to get out of the boat. I'm sure you guys have heard this, but like this is such a cool thing. Like he would have missed the miracle had he not one, had faith in Jesus enough, but two, had faith in himself enough to step out on the water. And so I think we, I forget the quote is, but it's like you miss 100% of the shots you don't take or something like that. And I, I think that's so true. Like we have to, you got to try, you know, you're going to fail. You're probably going to start sinking, but you're going to get back up again and you're going to, you're going to learn and you're going to grow and try again. And um, so I think we have to be willing to step out of the boat and we have to be willing to not focus on ourselves mm-hmm. and focus on Jesus. I, this scripture just really helps me. Um, I think uh, one of the examples I wrote down is like, I'll like have a quiet time and I wake up really excited or, you know, I'm like, I'm going to go and today's going to be great. And then you get on campus and something will happen or I don't know, just Satan gets in there and all of a sudden it's like, forget it. I, I don't know. And so I think, really trying to stay and fighting to, like, if you wake up having one of those days, just, like, I don't know, fighting for your headspace. And then I've been really learned, leaning into a lot recently is, like, the cognitive thoughts of, like, these have been my normal brain pathways and, like, really trying to, like, create a new <coughs> pathway. So people um, with the anxiety or that kind of stuff, like, I think, um, like, fighting for the positive thoughts, like the 4-8 principle, if any of you guys know the book, the 4-8 principle, Philippians 4, is, like, 
think of what's true, what's noble, what's right. And so, I, I again, I think we just got to get out of our head yeah. um, and really create space for God to show us the opportunities and make us aware of them. Um, and I think that was all I um, turn to Exodus 3. Exodus 3. Uh, second point is uncage yourself. So we've got uncage the, the opportunities. Now we're going to go into uncage yourself. Before he moves on while you guys are turning, is the girl in here that called me? Alright. Uh, Exodus chapter 3, okay? Uncage yourself. Let's start reading right here. I love this story so much. I go to this story all the time. <laughs> Uh, to build up my faith, okay? So it says, um, I'm going to read pretty fast. Um, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, yet it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over there and see this strange sight. Why does the bush not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him, from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, Here I am. Don't come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. The place you're standing is holy ground. He said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. At this moment, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. And I think for us it can be like, like we all see the darkness on our campuses, don't we? Like we all see and we hear the cries and we have experienced them ourselves in many ways, Right? But we know that the gospel is here to save the day, right? We know that the gospel is here to shine the light in the darkness, right? And we're, genuine, we're, we're pretty excited about that, aren't we? Like, it's not something that we're like, oh, darn, you know, I wish God would have done it a different way. It's like, no, this does work, and it is going to save the world. It is going to turn the world upside down and transform the world. And God's sitting here saying, I know that your people are suffering, and I know that you care about them, right? But then comes the dreaded part. In verse 10. So now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. It's like this is the part where we go, man, when we're studying the Bible or, you know, all, all that stuff, and we're thinking, man, this is the truth. This is right. This is freedom. This is what I want. You get baptized, and all of a sudden it becomes, oh no. Now Jesus is sending me. To go and spread this message. Do you feel that way? Yeah. It says in verse 11, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. You know, I, I relate so much to Moses on this level right here. Where it's like, dang, I, I wish that, you know, a lot of churches just pass out these cards. You ever seen that? It's called leaflets. They hand out these leaflets that are supposed to save someone's soul. Just read this, you know, and believe it, and it'll save your soul. Like, man, that, like, that would be, uh, God, please make that 
true. <laughs> you know, like, like that, that's honestly what I wish is, is let me just drive around in a big old truck with a, a, you know, with a banner that just says, just look at this and it'll save you. You know what I'm saying? I, I wish that that's the way it was. But that's not the way it is. <laughs> that's not the way it is. And there's something that God wants to do with us. It's part of like, like when he created every single one of you, when he knit you together in your mother's womb and he gave you your personality, he gave you your skills, he gave you all that stuff. He's sitting there thinking to himself, like, I can't wait to use this person as a mouthpiece for me. I can't wait to work with them. Not despite them, with them. And that's the way that, that God feels. And he says, he says, I'm going to be with you, Moses. And this will be the sign for you that it is I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Jump down to chapter 4. So he goes, goes on. He says, Moses answered, What if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? They think he's lying, right? What, what, what if people, like, I, I feel that. I, what if people are just like, I, I don't believe that, right? I don't trust what you're saying, or I don't, all these guys. What if, what if, what if? And the Lord said to him, What's in your hand? What's in your hand? A staff. Moses replied, and the Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And he ran from it. And the Lord said, reach out with your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out, took hold of the snake and turned back into his staff in his hand. This is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to you. Put your hand inside your cloak. Moses put it in his cloak. When he took it out, his skin was leprous. It became white as snow. Now put it back in your cloak. So Moses put his hand back in his cloak. When he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they don't believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. Same thing happens with the water, right? Pours the water out on the ground, and he turns it into blood, and he says, here's what I take from this. What, what's, what's your staff? What's your cloak? What's the water that you've got? You know, what's beautiful about this passage right here is that God didn't say, Moses, put out your hands, and I'm going, I'm going to give you a staff from heaven. That has magical powers. He didn't say, Moses, I'm going to give you this incredibly, you know, knitted together by angels, blessed by, you know, the, 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 the high priest here in, in heaven. Or, he, he didn't do that, right? He went, hey, hey, what do, what do you got on right now? Okay, you got some cool little hiking boots? Yeah, I'm going to use those on your campus. I'm going to use those. What, 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 is, what's, what is your personality? I'm going to use that. Miraculously, you know, somebody that I feel like I lift up all the time, didn't know he was going to be in this class is Kalen right here, sitting right here, Kalen. Okay. Kalen is one of those guys. He'll tell you he's terrified to talk to people. Terrified. But Kalen, you'll just find him. He never, he never shouts it out. He never says, Hey, everybody just want y'all to know I'm going to share. He'll just find Kalen just talking to these groups of people. You'll find him carrying a Frisbee around. You know, that's his, that's his staff or whatever, you know, and he can throw that thing, and God makes miraculous things happen with it. It's just, it's like your personality. And, and sometimes what you, what you realize is that people who are the most different from you can hear the message best from you. I was a, I was a frat dude that came from an SEC school. I was, uh, everything, just you can make all the stereotypes in your head that you want. I'm not offended. Like, that, that is who I was, honestly. Okay? I got reached out to by Falake. She, she's a foreign exchange student from Nigeria, okay? 
Somebody that I would never, ever, ever find myself in a conversation with. But God used her. God used her culture. God used who she was to make me go, this is different. You know, like, so what we got to stop thinking is that we need something. We need something special. We need some new knowledge. We need to be, we need to know the, the Bible study series like the back of our hand. We need to know how to ask every question right. We need to know how to start, con- like you don't need any of that stuff. Who do you need? You got, and you've got God on your side. We'll let Kirsty come up. Um, if you have a Bible, hold your finger there, but we'll turn to 1 Samuel 17 real quick. I like really love talking about this stuff. Um, because I think we can, you know, we can compare ourselves to other people and feel like if we were like them or if we had that or, I don't know. I think, I, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know if it is, you know, a mental illness, if it's anxiety or depression or if it is your personality or you think you can't communicate. I, I don't know what it is that like for you outside of some like outside factors hold you back. Um, but I really love that this here in chapter 17 of First um, Samuel um, we will start in verse 32. This is um, David and Goliath. So David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. He has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep with, from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul, got, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried to walking around in it because, because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of the shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Um, so I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but he couldn't wear the armor that the warriors wore. Mm-hmm. And... He was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to try to wear this bill thing. I'm not going to try to look the part. Like, I know what I know. I have what I have. I'm good at what I, you know, like, I've trained for this with these things. Like, I'm going to go and I'm going to kill this thing because I'm indignant for God. And I'm, I'm going to win. And I think that that is just a really cool example of, like, you don't have to look like everybody else. You don't have to look like your roommate who is in five Bible set, like, God's using her in a different way or him in a different way. Like, use the things that you have. Don't try to put on a different armor that's not going to fit because you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to feel terrible. It's just not going to work. Can you learn from other people and grow and, like, watch people? For sure. Like, I'm not saying don't imitate people that, like, have really great qualities or great things. But if it's if it's caging you, don't. Just don't. Don't even try. And I really love um, David's example here. Um I said all that, just making sure. Yeah, that was all I had. I just really love um, that example. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Chris. Um, yeah, and if you're going to imitate something and someone, imitate their faith. Like, you can imitate their, someone's faith because that, that's focused on God, not on some exterior eloquence or persuasive words, right? Like we started with. 
Um, back in Exodus chapter 4, okay, this is hilarious. I love this part. Once again, this is one of those stories for me um, that just helps so much. Because God's sitting there, like, imagine, like, a burning bush is in front of you telling you, I've got you. I've got you. Right? And here he is, verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. Right? Just pardon me for a second, okay? I've never been eloquent. Wow, interesting. Paul used the same word, right? Paul used the same word. And saying, I don't, I don't speak with eloquence. He says, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them the sight and, or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what you want to say. Amen, right? We can do this. No, no, no. Pardon your servant. Please send someone else. Okay? Sometimes just raw, you know, raw just obedience and faith just is not enough. Okay? I'm very aware of that. All right? And I'm so thankful that whatever it was, even though God is to be feared by us, right? And that Moses was afraid as he approached the bush, right? In some way, the, the presence of God made Moses feel comfortable enough to say what he really felt. Isn't that interesting? Like, I feel like I'll be like, yes, yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. Like, on the inside, I'm like, ah, you know, like, like, but I feel like I'd have to do it. Like, like, that's just, whatever it is about God, I don't think it was Moses's like, just trust. I think it's something about God and the nature of God and who God is that made Moses feel like I can just say what I actually think. I can say what I actually feel to this guy, and he's not just going to scrap me. He says, please, send someone else. It's not the rah-rah, here we go. It's, I, I still don't want to do this. I'm not convinced, right? Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, what about your brother? It's kind of like just that frustrated father, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, the, the, Lord, the anger burned, but he didn't go, you know, you weak-willed human, you know what I'm saying? Like, get it together, like, or I'm going to zap you. You know, he's like, he's like all right, fine, well, I'll help you then, right? He's like, I'll send you someone else. Like, not just me. Like, imagine God, he's saying, I'm with you. I'm your partner. I'm your partner. Mm-hmm. Moses is like, that's not enough. Okay. Well, if I'm not enough, I'll give you someone, another human. Like, that's wild to me. Mm-hmm. It's wild to me. And, and what I think, you know, that really is, is that that's our brothers and sisters that are around us. You just can't get to the place of comparison with your brothers and sisters that's Satan's, that's Satan's playground. That's where he operates. That's his field. And you'll lose all day long if you're sitting there comparing yourself. It's even to your campus minister's expectations, to your roommate, like Kirstie's saying, to a, to a leader, to a Bible taught leader, or whatever we use to call it. Like, like, whatever it is, like, you can't compare yourself to other people. You have to realize that they are your partner. You might be their Aaron that day. They might be yours, Right? No matter what, like we have each other to use each other to go, hey, Alex, let's go share our faith together. Hey, bro, I'm really scared. Like, can you go sharing with me and just not let me say no? Like, people will go, okay, sure. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Like, they'll feel like, yeah, I'd love to help you, right? Mm -hmm. But really, it's just about like, don't do it alone. Don't. And don't feel that pressure of I've got to self-generate this stuff. Like, use what God has given you. Just like God was willing to give, give Moses Aaron. After saying, I'm here. Sometimes just you and 
Jesus aren't enough. And I think God's not like disappointed with that. He's willing to supply what's lacking through other people. And, um, you know, I think uh, even with the idea of like Moses then goes, right? And Aaron is right there next to him, right there next to him, right there next to him. But if you go and read throughout the rest of the story of the Torah, all of a sudden Aaron's not there anymore. Like all of a sudden Aaron's no longer there. He's not speaking for Moses. Moses is the one addressing the people. Some of the most powerful statements are made, like you think of like a Deuteronomy 30, that's Moses. Okay, so what happened over time? Moses grew. Moses grew to trust God. He, he grew to trust God and trust himself, right? And so for us, it's the same way as we flex this muscle. Don't hear me wrong. It won't get easier. It won't get normal feeling. But you'll learn to trust God more, trust, and you'll have more faith. Does that make sense? So the, the last point that we have is um, you've got to uncage the opportunities, you've got to uncage yourself. There's special things about you that no one else ever will, will possess. The last one is we've got to uncage the message. Uncage the message. And let's go back to that 1 Corinthians 2 that we started with today. Okay, 1 Corinthians 2. Um, I'm just going to read it again. It says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Christ Jesus and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling, and my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but rather on God's power. Jump over to chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready yet ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You're still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What after all is Apollos? What is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, but Apollos watered it. But God has been making it what? God has been making it grow. This is the most, one of the most important verses we can read. The one who plants and the one who who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Who makes the magic happen? God. Who makes Cody open to come into this Bible talk? Where he doesn't, I, I didn't even know where it was. I just, I followed someone who I thought looked like the person that invited me, like from a distance, like, because they're like, yeah, it starts in 15 minutes. They were still sharing for 15 more minutes. They're like, yeah, it's up here. I was like, okay. Uh, well, of course, I want to show up to Bible Talk early. They're like, we're sharing to the last minute. And so I'm like, I don't know where they are. They should be. I see somebody, I just walk. I don't even know where the heck I'm going. Lo and behold, I, I make it to the spot. I'm alone. I'm just, I think this was probably it. <laughs> like, sit down, start reading my Bible or something, because I'm trying to, oh, I'm going to Bible study. So, so I'm sitting there, whatever. And then all of a sudden, people start showing up. Like, I could have missed it. 
But who was working? God was working. God was working. And that's what we got to, we have to have to remember that to uncage this message, like it doesn't depend on you to make it move. God has made us as co-workers, as partners. We don't have to feel the pressure to present the message eloquently, persuasively, say the right things, all that stuff. We just have to open our mouths. We just have to point to the Bible. We just have to point to the Scriptures. People, when someone's open, it's, you can't argue. The Bible never changes. And I think what can happen sometimes is people literally, they want it to say something different. But the more that they're getting input from other people who disagree, or the more that they're looking online, they're like, this is, people are just, all they're spending their efforts doing is explaining away what this passage is saying. No one is actually going, no, this does say something real right here. It's beautiful when it happens. I, I want to tell a quick story about um, this guy, Sam Norman. And Sam, um, very similar background to me. Okay, so one of those people, those people I study with who are very different than me, right? And those people who's, who I study with are exactly like me. Those are the harder, harder ones to study with, right? Okay, so I, I'm, I feel like I'm having an argument with myself. You know, we're talking about baptism, right? I'm not baptism, and, I, and he's just, ah, you know, all this stuff. And, and I'm like, look, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, and he's like, he's like, well, I'm just, I'm just going to go home. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to read through it. And I'm like, just make sure you read through these scriptures. But, you know, read through other things, too. Read through things that disagree with what I'm saying. Like, don't just, you know, try, try and just read it. Like, try and see what other people are saying to explain it away, you know? I don't know why the heck I said that, right? God was moving, I guess. But so, so, so he goes home and he, he comes back. And it was a terrible study. In my mind, I'm like, oh, a terrible study. Uh, I wasn't eloquent enough. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't persuasive enough for the scriptures. He comes back. He's like, bro, I'm expecting, bro, you know, I really appreciate you. You're a great dude. But I think that I, I'm going to stick with uh, my old church and my old campus ministry. All that stuff. You know, I'm expecting that. Comes he's like, bro, I, I went on Google and um, looked up baptism. And he's like, I, I could not find a single thing that refuted what, what we were talking about the other day. I just, I think I want to get baptized. I'm like, Google? What in the world are you Googling? Like, what is this? That's not real, you know? And so it, it's moments like that where I just realize, like, and that happens every person that gets baptized who, who I study with. And I get to, I get to you know, it's, it's nice being a campus minister because I get to, like, jump in at the end and, like, see the magic, you know? Like, I, it's kind of unfair. But, but literally... Like everyone, it's like everyone gets this moment where it's not just the friendship. It's not just the way someone presented it. it it's, a, it's just a clicking. It's a point where you just go, yeah. you point to and you go, that's God. Yeah. Like God, that's where God just did something and it was crazy. Yeah. It happens in every single Bible study and it happened for me. Um, but, but the thing is, is that it's not based on what you do. It's just, man, just remembering that no matter what, the pressure, God's like, give me the pressure. I got the pressure. I can handle the pressure. I designed the pressure. You know what I'm saying? I built your brain in a way to experience pressure. Pressure's not a bad thing. It can be a good thing. It can motivate us, all that stuff. God's like, I've got it, right? You know, I think that we need to think of it like this, okay? If you're thinking about driving a car, right? Think about this. Is the car going to get from destination A to B if I'm not sitting in the seat driving it? I mean, you might try and roll it down the hill or something, right? But, but it needs a driver, right? And luckily what we have is God is the engine of that car. 
Or if I tried to go from Atlanta to Asheville without the engine running, I'm Fred Flintstone, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I ain't getting far, right? And, that, and that's what it can be when you're not, when you're putting all the pressure on yourself, you're going to just be Fred Flintstone trying to make, a, make something happen. That's exhausting and it's not going to work, okay? What you need to realize is all you're doing, all you're doing is you're turning the ignition, you're cranking the car up, okay? Then God's given us ways, right? Because how could I ever get to Asheville, North Carolina without ways? A map? Are you serious? Like, what if the roads have changed? <laughs> it's just, what if I'm looking at it wrong? Like, and so, literally, you got to, like, God has given us the Bible. That's ways. He's given us a, he's given us a souped up engine. That's him. That's the spirit. That's his power, right? All we're doing is just the simplest thing in the world. Just, honestly, nothing. Like, I get out of the car and I'm like, dang, I need to stretch my legs. Like, I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's, what, that's what the message is when you uncage it. It just runs itself. Yeah. It does the work for itself. I'm gonna let Kirsty come up before we close, but we probably need to. Yeah. Um, you can write down Second Timothy one, um, six through twelve. Um, it just says like the spirit that God gave us is not one that makes us timid. Um, it says the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed. And he goes on and. Um, so I think even just, you know, realizing that we have the spirit, the spirit, like we, we have power. We don't have to be timid. I, I love the scripture he used where he's talking. He's like, you guys are still worldly. Like you're thinking about worldly things. And I'm like, when we get stuck, we're just, it's here and now. It's about us. It's about how we look. It's about how we feel. Like we're getting stuck in the worldly. And I think sometimes we just got to let it go. Like, like I think Veronique said, like, it's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's just let it go. Um, unrele- like release yourself to release the message. Um, so that was the first scripture I thought of. The second one I thought of is Matthew 9, uh, verse 36 through 38. And this is where Jesus says um, he looked at the crowds and he saw that they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. And right after that, he goes on to say the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Mm-hmm. Um, that's super convicting for me because I think it's easy to be like, oh, my gosh, like I can see like, well, one, do you see people as harassed and helpless? Like, do you, do you can you walk around your campus and, and feel compassion for people, whether they have a terrible life or not? Like people have stuff going on. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like it just is plain and simple. And um, but one, do you see people like that, that they're harassed and helpless? And two, do you. So he goes right in after that to say, like, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So it's like God is promising that there's people out there, like I was saying at the very beginning, that are ready, that are open, that are literally begging him to, like, have somebody talk to them, have somebody share something with them. And um, and so I think that's a scripture that really encourages me that I want to be a worker. And I, I don't want to work because I feel like I have to. I want to work because I love Jesus and I want to. And again, once I take that pressure off myself, like, it's, it's just, I feel like, oh, yeah, of course I want to do it. Um, but, oh, what was my other thought? It's gone. Um, it's gone. Um, the last scripture that I wrote down was 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. It says, be alert and of sober mind. The devil prowls around looking for someone to devour. Um, I think the other one I think of is, like, the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. Like, Satan is always working always so just as much as the spirit of god is there so is satan and he is ready to take it away you know what i mean like that moment you're like oh i'm gonna go share with her and you're like but whatever but i'm gonna be late or i I don't know don't be late i'm gonna say but you know what i mean like things like that kind of stuff comes up and so i think just be mindful it is a spiritual battle out there like it is spiritual warfare 
Um, don't just get stuck in what feels like it's real, but isn't like what really matters in the end. Um, I, I think, you know, my biggest thing is just always remembering my story, remembering Cody getting met that led me to being here today and my life would look so different. So I think, you know, if you're ever having a hard time, just remember, like, you could be somewhere different. You could be somewhere if somebody hadn't opened their mouth. And even if you grew up in a church, someone still had to talk to you. Someone still was like, hey, do you want to say the Bible? Like, hey, let's hang out. Like, like people still tried, you know what I mean? And so you can still do that for people, even in the church, the teens. Like, just just do it, you know. <laughs> Open your mouth. Be the vessel for God to use because he, like Cody shared, he really does want to use us. That was his plan all along. So. Um, you know, just, just to close up, isn't my wife awesome? Incredible, right? Um, so when it comes to sharing the gospel, spreading the uncaged message that God has for this world, all we got to understand is that we we got to get out of its way, right? We can't let fear hold us back, and we just got to open our mouth, make the most of every opportunity, let the power of the Bible do the heavy lifting. We can uncage the opportunities on our campus. You can uncage yourself because there's only one you. And we can uncage the powerful message of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Let's be part of what God wants to do for our world. Um, you know, I, I'd actually like lunches at 12.30. Um, you guys, what? <coughs> yeah, I was also going to open it up for Q&A if people wanted to stay for 10 minutes. No, I think one thing I, I wrote down that I forgot to share is I think that people get bogged down and like it has to be 